Hey everybody and welcome. This is Donovan Bankhead with Springfield Music and I appreciate you dropping in and listening to the podcast. With the Bow Better Bands podcast, my intention is to talk with our fellow educators across the state and share some of their best tips, tricks, and best practices. Also maybe even share some of the things that they're struggling with so that we can help each other out because we're all dealing with so many of the same issues and your and your programs. And us as your school music dealer, want to try to be a resource to help you solve some of these challenges and issues. So uh, anyway, we always appreciate you listening. And if you have ideas or tips or would like to be featured on the podcast, reach out to me and let me know. Donovan at Springfield-Music.com. All right, let's jump in. So today we're here on Mo Butter Bands. We're talking about the Saluting America's Band Directors float and the experience of uh, getting to march as a band director in the band director band uh, in the Rose Bowl Parade, which is really exciting. Got four directors here to kind of talk to us about it. I'm going to let each of them introduce themselves here. Angelique, why don't you go first? Hi, my name is Angelique Fryan. I teach in the Winsville School District, and I also assisted with Parkway West Marching Band during marching season. Uh, I teach beginning band all day, and yay! Tyler? Hi, my name is Tyler Jones. I am a band director in the Seneca R7 School District, Southwest Missouri, and I teach junior high and high school bands. TJ? I'm TJ Higgins. I am uh, one of the two band directors at Elias Catholic High School, and I also do all of the music and band at St. Martin Catholic School in Jefferson City, Missouri. And Tom? Um, I am retired from Lynn High School. I taught my whole career at Lynn High School in Lynn, Missouri. And uh, I currently am teaching uh, after-school band a couple days a week at St. George, the parochial school in town at Lynn. Awesome. And Tom and TJ are father-son duo here. So the group that put this together is Saluting America's Band Directors. And uh, this was at their website for anyone who wants to kind of get more information is banddirectorsalute.org. Um, and so they uh, organized and put this together in tribute to a band director from Ohio. So the foundation is the Michael D. Swell Foundation based out of Pickerington, Ohio. Um, Michael D. Swell was a band director out there for many years. He brought his band to the Rose Bowl Parade four times. Uh, I think in one of the articles I read where like him and his wife went to the Rose Bowl for their honeymoon. So he was a big supporter of the Rose Bowl Parade and getting that experience for his students. And then back at home in Pickerington, Ohio, he was a well-respected band director and did many things for the community. I know at the Bankwood, they talked about how he would invest time in his students. That's the one thing that we can give to our students is time and invest in them. And so when he passed away in 2017, his wife, Karen, um, created this foundation and through uh, through time it's built up and it's, you know, they've done different things like supporting the band program out there. And then one of their ultimate goals was getting a float at the Rose Bowl Parade in his honor. And then that kind of transformed into what we became where they added the 300 outwalkers to the parade and that is kind of how all this came to be and how we got this uh, very unique experience with saluting America's band directors. So it's all, it all goes back to the Michael D. Swell Foundation. Gotcha. And how did you become aware of it, Angelique? So I became aware of it through uh, Facebook. 
I had a friend in Texas that signed up for it and we signed up for it back in 2019 when it first was proposed and then sweet COVID hit and we uh, weren't able to uh, do it last year. And so um, I just kept my my membership with it. And, you know, as soon as it was able to happen, I was going to do it. And, you know, for me personally, I did this just because I wanted the experience of doing the Rose Bowl Parade because coming from small town Missouri, that was never exactly an option. So I wanted to experience it while I could still move and walk. So. <laughs> Tyler, you had kind of a similar exposure to it, sound around the same time, and and uh, uh, both on Facebook. Uh, what was it that made you want to sign up for it? Well, <clears throat> this was the second time I had marched in the parade. The first time was back in 2010, um, whenever I was a freshman in high school. And my big thing this time was I wanted to remember what I was doing as a freshman in high school. I didn't quite understand the magnitude of what I was getting myself into. It was just kind of like, uh, oh, hey, you're in the band. You're going to march in this parade. And I was like, oh, oh okay. I, yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. I'll do, I'll do what you tell me to do. And I didn't quite understand the magnitude of, of what I was doing. And and uh, and I think this year it kind of um, came full circle to, to coming back to teachers, even in the theme of the parade. Um, I see um, Tom, I think, has the uh, the drum head behind his head that has the the motto for it. I think it's dream, believe, achieve. Um, and I think that that come back to to when I was a freshman and dreaming of what I wanted to do whenever I was older and this time whenever I was a band director um, and bringing that experience back to my kids and sharing with them what I experienced now that I can actually remember what I was doing and understood the magnitude of what I was doing. I think back then I was just excited we were going to Disneyland and Universal Studios rather than the actual parade itself. So it was nice to actually like remember what I was doing and yeah. understanding the magnitude of what it was. And that turn onto Colorado Boulevard will be a picture that is forever in, engraved in my brain. Like when, as soon as you turn onto Colorado Boulevard, it is like straight downhill for a few blocks and you see everything in front of you and the, the thousands of people that are lining the streets, all the TV cameras and everything. So it was, it was a surreal experience this time being on this side of of, I guess I guess it really wasn't on this side of the directing thing because I was still a member of the band, but this side of of that, if that makes yeah. any sense. Yeah. Tom, how'd you find out about it, and what made you want to do it? <laughs> well, TJ and I were sitting on the couch, probably watching a football game, which we do a lot, and um, um, it just came up in conversation. Oh yeah, by the way, they're putting together a Van Rickers band for the Rose Bowl parade. And I'm like, oh, what, dude? I'm gonna march that thing, you know? He's like, oh, whatever, Dad. You're old, you know. And and I'm like, no, I got this. I can do this. So. Um, so he said, well, here's the website. So uh, we looked at it and, uh, see what it was going to take to do it. And, and, um, so he said, well, uh, I, I need to call, I just come off foot surgery and I called my doctor and uh, said, Hey, am I, am I going to be cleared to march this parade? You know? And he's like, when is it? I'm like January. He goes, yeah, it'd be all right, January. And so I signed up and TJ said, well, heck, if you're signing up, I'll sign up too. So we went together and, uh, the parade people were pretty excited uh, when they found out. Um, all three of my, all three of our sons are band directors and they were like, dude, you get your whole family to march, you know, four band directors, the same family. That'd be cool. You know? And, um, so TJ has already signed up and we, uh, I checked the other two boys and, and Chris, our youngest one, uh, he was already marching in the parade in the combined air force band. And uh, so like, I'm busy dad. Sorry. I booked that day, you know? And, uh, the middle one didn't want to sign up. Didn't want to sign up. I'm like, Oh, whatever, you know? And, uh, then come to find out, uh, they were expecting a, a child. And so he had it. 
he had a one-month-old at home during the parade. So good call not leaving mom at home with a one-month-old and a five-year-old. So yeah, but exactly. I signed up. We had we had a blast. It was a, it was a it was a really like Tyler said it was a surreal experience. It was. Yeah, uh, you had, you all were kind of telling me a little bit about the sort of the itinerary, and you obviously get yourself to California, and uh, then there's a rehearsal, and there was some inclement weather, which was forcing some of the rehearsals inside and having to adjust for that every band director understands uh parade and marching rehearsals and having to have a plan b for weather um but uh and practicing in hotel ballrooms and and uh, just what a thrill it is to hear 300 band directors start to uh get back on their instruments and play and uh tom sound like you're pretty impressed overall with the quality of musicianship as well with this group yeah when the first rehearsal uh like you said, we had to go to plan B. So we just, they were like, ah, just come to the ballroom, bring your horns, we'll, we'll rehearse there. So they, they had, the ballroom was all set up to eat, you know, had round tables everywhere. So they had us lined up like two, two rows between each uh, row of tables. And uh, they just said, well, let's just, let's just kick this off and see what, see what comes out, you know? So we warmed up, we did a scale and they, uh, they started off the tune and we played 76 trombones and just lit it up, you know? And I, I told somebody at church this morning, think about, best trumpet player you've ever taught in your entire career you know think about that kid that was that amazing kid and there's 50 of those to your left playing <laughs> you know 50 of the best trumpet player of your entire career blowing your blowing inside your head off it was and it, that was the way the whole band was it was everybody was like that it was just unbelievable we played that first tune i was like wow you know it was it, it was stupendous it was really cool so that is awesome uh, and then uh, something I was completely unaware of is this, uh, was it band, band fest or is it two day, two band fest, two and a half day, uh, festival where all the bands that are performing in the Rose Bowl actually sort of do a set aside concert as well. TJ, tell us about that. Yeah, they do that at Pasadena city college. So they had, uh, broken into three different groups. So the groups that were at the beginning of the parade were performing on uh, Wednesday, uh, evening. And then the middle of the parade was Thursday morning. And then we were Thursday afternoon. They had the uh, Pasadena uh, Honor Band perform all three times. And we were second right after them at the third performance. And uh, when we got there, it was raining. So they had uh, all the uh, tents that we went through. And we were all in our ponchos and rain gear. And when we were performing, I saw... Uh, one of the videos of it, you could see the steady downpour as we were performing in our clear plastic ponchos. <laughs> yeah, so so if you haven't watched BandFest or anything like this, and I say this as a total newbie and learning about it, you march onto the field, you do your performance, and then they actually have each band troop in front of the stands once you're done performing, which is actually super unique. And I think it's super fun because the crowd goes wild. You play your song again. So really for us, that was, I think, the first time we had played in March together, like yeah. on the move a whole bunch, like in, you know, having a performance. So it was it was super unique to be a part of that. But yeah. after we got done with BandFest, we went and did the iconic uh, Rose Bowl picture. So not only were we soaked from BandFest, but we had to stand outside to do our Rose Bowl per, uh, picture with no ponchos. So we got even more soaked from this on Thursday, which again, 
honestly, I think everybody had fun. Unbelievable. Angelique, you had mentioned about the soloist. Tell me a little bit more about the soloist. Okay, so at BandFest, um, we had Alex Hahn, who is a phenomenal saxophone player. He has played with groups like Michael Bublé. I, his dad is actually the MC of the BandFest, and he's a former band director. I believe he's retired now. Um, so it was just kind of full circle bringing Alex in to perform with the band directors group because um, his dad was a band director without music education. He would not be where he is today. And he's performed all over. I know they've talked about when he performed in Russia, um, Israel, like just phenomenal places. He's a, he's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful performer. And not only that, he's a great person. You know, he took pictures with several of the band directors and just, he was a very cool down to earth guy. We played sing, sing, sing with him. So that was um, really fun. That was our last uh, tune we played for the band professor, uh, band fest performance. So um, we did three tunes that we used on the parade route, which was 76 trombones, which is what you guys saw on TV corner. We did Stars and Stripes Forever and Strike Up the Band. And then that last uh, Sing, 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 we did that for BandFest. Um, he even talked about, you know, Skyping in to people's band rooms and doing clinics with them and just talking about, like, how, as a performer, he's made his way and just, you know, clinicking the kids and working with stuff like that. So it was it was a very unique experience. And again, a lot of what this experience is was bringing everybody together and bringing back that center of music education and how important that is. And he even talked about that at the performance, you know, his band director was there from high school, which was really cool to see. Um, he, he stood up in the stands and waved. So it was just neat seeing it's, you know, it's every band director's dream. You see like a kid go on to do something really awesome and then they come back and they perform. So it was, it was just really unique being a part of that experience. Yes, the weather could have been better, but I, it didn't matter. We were all there. We were all together. We were having fun. We just did this performance in front of parents, fans, all sorts of stuff like that. It was, it was super great and just a super unique experience to, to be a part of. Another funny story about the BAMFest thing. We had practiced it that morning at uh, Arcadia High School where we had rehearsed. We hadn't gone outside for a lot, but we'd gone outside for a little. And we practiced going on and off the field. And then we practiced, We lined up over on the track and we went on the track. And we're like, okay, this is fine. We fit good. Everything's great, you know? And so we get over to Pasadena City College and we, and we do our performance. We line up on the track and like, oh, wait a minute, we, what's going on here? Is, and then somebody points out, yeah, this morning we had a nine-lane track that we were lined up on going around here. Now we got an eight-lane track. So it was, you know, a foot and a half or two foot narrower. And we're marking right. wide on this thing. And we're like, wow, that pinched us a little bit. You know, TJ was on the left side trying not to fall off the edge of the track in <laughs> the abyss there, you know. So <laughs> that's just, it was like one of those other things as a band director, you, you adjust, you know, you just adjust. And uh, so we're like, okay, well, we're going to be a little closer here when we march this game. Yeah. So. That was kind of funny at BandFest. And one thing I want to add about BandFest is BandFest is different from the parade in the fact that everyone that's there is there to watch you and only you. They're not there to watch a parade. There's no floats running by. 
or driving by or anything like that. So the, the audience that you have at Bandfest is strictly there to listen to you perform um, and the groups after you perform. So it kind of throws you back to whenever you were in high school and marching band and you went to your first marching band competition and everyone there in the audience is there to watch you, not necessarily to Friday Night Football game where they're, oh, let's go get some nachos or let's go get a burger. It's just everyone in that in the, the football stadium at that point in time was there to watch you and only you performed. And that was that that that's what I miss about my job currently is the, the ability to perform in front of an audience that's only there to watch you. And it, it kind of threw me back to my high school days and college days, wherever I, I got to perform in front of in front of people that were only there to watch you. Yeah, that's a great experience. Shifting back to the parade real quick, uh, Tyler, you mentioned about your memory of kind of cresting the hill and looking mm -hmm. down on the vista <clears throat> before you. Anybody else have any uh, standout memories of the actual Rose Bowl Day Parade itself? I, I was astounded by the sheer numbers that, you know, I mean, of course, you know, it's the Rose Bowl Parade. You know, there's going to be a lot of people watching it. And they had told us there'd be a million people on the parade route watching it live. And I thought... Yeah, whatever they're throwing numbers around, you know, but the, the, the grandstands, and of course you see a little bit of that on TV. They give you now that you see a shot of the grandstands. They were huge. They there really were a ton of people there. And, and the crowd was really, really appreciative. Um, when I mentioned earlier, when we got to the, even to the end of the parade route, we're, we're almost at the end and we're going through a residential area, obviously, you know, kind of just heading into this place. We're going to disband. And, but the, even there, the people were eight, ten deep on both sides and cheering loudly. They were they were happy to hear us play. They were like, "Wow, dude, you guys sound phenomenal!" You know, because we're TJ and I were running the outside. We could hear people talking to us and stuff, and they were they were they were really impressed. Even then, after five miles, you know, at how good we sounded and looked, and uh, it was it was a really it was a neat crowd. At that point, it was a lot of parents and stuff because you could, you know, the most of the people were holding up signs for Yay Ashley from the Pasadena All City Band, you know, stuff like that. So you, at that point, you're in a definite band crowd. You know, this is, this is our book. This is our people. This is the booster type people, you know? Yeah. And they were, they were, it was fun. So I, I think it was fun too, because along the parade route, there were actually some signs. Like I was up towards the front of the band and we saw a couple signs that said, We love you, band director. And it would have their name. And it was actually their students from some of the California directors that were there. And as we walked by, I can't tell you how many times we heard, we love you band directors. Like we heard that multiple times and it was just, it was super like humbling just to see that many people grateful for the experience that, you know, all of us provide to our students. And I think regardless of how you feel or anything like that, it just, it knocks you back down to that level of like, holy cow, you impact this many people. And now you're with 300 other people that impact this many people. It's just great to see how far this profession just, it, you know, inspires, you know, people love it. And, you know, we get to make music, we get to do super cool things. But, you know, a lot of times we forget about the human aspect. And it's really nice to see how big of an impact we have on this. I know myself, I had many people come out of the woodwork and say, I saw you on TV. Like, that's super awesome. I'm so proud of you. Like, you know, it, those are the people that we like do this stuff for. I, I, I can't stress enough how I, I, as much as we did do it for ourselves, but like at the end of the day, we didn't. 
Like I did this to honor my band directors, my family, those people that have put me in this chair where I am today. Like I would be nothing without them. So I think it's important that like we also take a moment and kind of recognize about this. That's what made this, you know, group so unique is the Mike D. Swall Foundation. He impacted how many people and students. You know, they talked about the years of experience, some some really cool facts that they gave us. There was over 4,500 plus years of experience in that ensemble. So you think about how many students they impacted and stuff like that. And that was really, really unique to be a part of that just made this experience like take it to the next level for sure. Yeah. Um, so I think just the whole experience that day was just very memorable uh like uh like my brother uh i had the opportunity to march in the 2009 inaugural parade as well and being able to march in this parade um it's totally uh different but in a, in a great way as well and just i remember just so many things about the the day and as far as what Ames Leet was saying i think it's very appropriate that our unit the model that was on our float was we teach music we teach life so and then one of the other facts that I think is very cool is that they said there's something like 76 teachers of the year that were marching in our group. That's amazing. Holy cow. Yeah. Another thing Angelique touched on was that, uh, we're not only, we're not only doing this for ourselves. I, you know, TJ and I are, uh, are both from small towns and our whole town. I mean, my phone, uh, my, my phone's connected to my watch. And as we were going around through TV corner, my watch is just like going, just lighting up with people shooting texts, like seeing you on TV. Of course, we, you didn't know that then, but you get off the route and, and we're seeing, I'm seeing you on TV pictures of the TV screen and people from our, uh, people from our little town, you know, like, Ooh. And so at that point, especially it kind of felt like, yeah, we're, we're doing this for, for our people, you know, for our town, all these families of kids that I've taught over the years and all my alumni and stuff. And, and, uh, even, even people in the Jeff City greater area, TJ and I play in the Jeff City Symphony, and people from from Jeff City made the newspaper there, and we just got all kinds of stuff on Facebook and texting. So I we we felt like at the end of the parade that we were representing our whole area, not just ourselves and our students, you know. So anyway, that was pretty cool. Tyler, you had mentioned you kind of you had the time of your life, and and there was things from that you're still taking away today. You know, it's now been over a week since it. Uh, what were some of your takeaways from? getting to do this event. Yeah, it was just the wealth of knowledge that was around you from and um that from all the all the band directors that were there, getting everyone you talked to came from a different walk of life. They came from different experiences, yet there was one thing that all brought us together and that was the fact that we lo our love for music and that we're band directors now. And it, it kind of like every time I go to MMEA like or get home from Midwest or would go to a conference, I just have this fire in me about education, about music education again. And I, I, I feel that again, because it's like, like, like I think Angelique mentioned it, there was like 4,500 years of experience amongst all of the band directors there. And I look back and I'm like, how many, like my band directors are the reason that I'm here doing this today. And it's like, how many, how many kids have I reached or how many kids, like thinking of how many kids they're going to reach. And it, and it's just, it was just, it was just a real experience being with that many band directors that are all there for the same reason you are and doing the music and education for the same reason you are. Anybody else have any memorable takeaways they would add about that? Morning of the parade, uh, we busted left at six. We had our box breakfast. 
Uh, we drove from, we were staying in Woodland Hills, which is like northwest of the city. And we drove uh, over to Pasadena and we got to the staging area one, which is where the buses parks. Like as we were parked, they're waiting for our turn to go unload. We actually were parked next to a found township. And then they, uh, they cleared us. And then all of us drove down to where the second staging area was, which is when we were unloading. So we unloaded quickly. Um, we had to have our instruments in our lap minus the seizure phones and percussion because they didn't want us to worry about any cases or anything because we had to do it very quickly. And then you unload and just ahead is a bridge, which is lined with a whole bunch of uh, porta potties, which is your last chance to go to the bathroom before the five and a half mile parade. And so we were kind of waiting there because we were number uh, uh, 58 and 59. So we were not at the beginning, not at the very end, but somewhat towards the back. So we, we were a little bit further down on the staging area. So we ended up just waiting on the bridge right as the parade was starting. So as the, uh, they were doing the flyover at the BT South Bomber, um, uh, that was while we were on the bridge, that was pretty cool. So we had a pretty cool, uh, pretty open view of uh, seeing that. And then they, they get everybody just inch up the street until it's your time to get onto Orange Grove. And then once we're on Orange Grove, they have the pre-parade, which you end up marching uh, we ended up marching and playing one time, I think. And then we, they have, you kind of just inch up from there uh, without doing any sort of cadence or anything because they have everything timed at a start point. So that way it's right on TV corner. And so we ended up just waiting for our time. Then TV corner is right away in the parade. And then from there, you turn on to Colorado Boulevard and the first probably half mile or so on Colorado Boulevard is still jam packed with, uh, people, uh, with grandstands and stuff. And then after you go over overpass is where it, it, you don't have any more, uh, grandstands for a while, uh, but there's still probably what, 10, 15 people deep on both sides, you would say, uh, yeah. all the way through the parade. And then, uh, we end up finishing the parade, uh, just after 11 local time is when we ended up finishing the parade. Um, and one of the things that is unique that I didn't even think about before is that towards the end of the parade, you have to go underneath, uh, one of the highways. So all the floats have to collapse and get low enough to go underneath the overpass. And since we were with the float and, um, at TV corner, we ended up, we were in front. And then they had a maneuver, so we split in half, and then the float went in front of us, and then we came back together as a block. So we were right behind the float the entire time. Then after we finished, we got uh, we went and took our equipment to the bus, and then walked back to the uh, park at the Pasadena High School, and had our In-N-Out Burger uh, post parade. And actually, right as we were having our In-N-Out Burger. That's when my dad and I saw my brother's uh, group of the Air Force coming in. So we got to take a picture after the parade with them, which was pretty cool. So if I'm counting correctly, that's two In-N-Out burgers for this whole endeavor. Is That that almost yeah. makes it worth it in and of itself, you know? <laughs> Even if you well, don't I, like In-N-Out burger, those burgers are the best darn thing you've eaten after a five and a half mile parade. Like, I bet. It, it is the best thing. I bet. Chris, Chris, my youngest son, had marched the parade before for the 70th anniversary of the Air Force. He marched it five years before and said, uh, he said, dad, 
best thing you'll ever eat is that in and out burger after that five and a half mile parade. <laughs> he was right. It was great. <laughs> That's a long parade too. I mean, five and a half miles is, it just seems, you know, exceptionally long. Of course, gosh, if throughout the whole thing, if people are if at, at least 10 or 15 people deep, I guess it must be, needs to be that long, but gosh, yeah, that it was long. There really wasn't any place where there wasn't people to play for. I, I mean, it was, and then, um, like our group, the group that came with us, the non-participants, like our wives and families and stuff that came with us, um, they weren't until about three and a half miles into the parade. Uh, we got to Pasadena City College and they had huge grandstands again there. And there were grandstands throughout the parade here and there. But uh, I mean, nothing as huge as TV Corner, um, although Pasadena City College, there was quite a few there. And we we had been told ahead of time, that's where our group would be. That's where our, our wives and, and families and stuff, our husbands would be. And uh, so we were we were pretty pumped about that, and uh, great to see those guys. TJ uh, scoped out the landmarks so we'd know when we were coming into the area. So yeah, we knew, we knew when when we'd see everybody, and so. But it was I was surprised. You know, I always prayed there's downtimes and stuff, but and right at the end we're getting in, we get under that overpass, and we're still marching on. And the uh, at that point is where there were a lot of families of like the Pasadena All City Band and stuff. You can see. People sit on the side, still packed on both sides, and people holding up signs, "Yay, so and so for making it through the parade and stuff," you know. And uh, it was, and there it was a real, real appreciative crowd there. Everybody's cheering, yelling for us and stuff, all the way right to the end. It was pretty cool. They estimate about a million people are there in Pasadena watching the parade live. Yeah, they said twelve to fifteen million on TV live, also. So it's pretty cool. Uh, I guess another memorable time in the parade is after you turn off of Colorado Boulevard onto I think it's Sierra Madre uh you end up marching right towards the mountains and that was a pretty cool just view as you're looking out um mm -hmm. and uh, there's actually uh one part of it uh you couldn't see it right when we turned but up a little ways uh you could see there's actually a part of the mountains that were uh, covered in snow so there's the mountains and then off in the distance there's some snow-capped mountains that you can see that's really cool a humorous thing that happened in the parade. We were marching along and uh, one of the piccolos in the row in front of us is like, it's like, oh no, our float's falling apart. Because um, the one of the figures on the float was kind of leaning back towards us. And I was like, oh, well, what's going on? And then TJ mentioned earlier that the floats have to, the whole parade goes under an overpass. And so, so they actually have to lower stuff on the float. So we had like four figures on our float carrying instruments. And they had to lower them each down into the float to go under the bridge. So for a minute, we thought, oh, no, our float's falling apart. But, oh, no, we're okay. It's, it's supposed to do that. <laughs> that. That was kind of a funny realization on the route. Yeah, talking about falling apart, you know, five-and-a-half-mile parade is no short distance, especially to play your instrument and everything else, and especially for those of us who haven't done a lot of that lately. Uh, what was that like endurance-wise and everything else? I'm 62, and... Uh, like I said, TJ questioned me right away, dad, you know, five mile parade, are you, you, you know, you up for this? You just come out of foot surgery. And, and so I was nervous about that from the, from the get go. I was like, okay, stamina. I, I don't want to be that guy. And it ends up falling out of the parade. You know, I don't want to be that yeah. guy. And, um, so, uh, I, uh, really couldn't walk extensively and push hard until more like August, you know, by August, I was stepping up to walking three, three and a half miles a day, you know, and, uh, and then, of course, I was playing some too, but uh, I'm primarily a percussionist. So when I perform, I'm a timpanist. And so 
my chops were, my kids decided that I was not going to play percussion in this marching band. That's another funny story, but we, uh, we were supposed to sign up for what we wanted to play, you know, and, and, uh, I don't, I'm not an email guy. And so I said to TJ at rehearsal, Oh, Hey, there was an email come out. We we're supposed to sign up for what we're going to play. And he's like, Oh no, dad, it's all taken care of. You're, you're already signed up. I'm like, wait, what? He goes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Brothers and I got together and decided, yeah, you ain't carrying a drum for six miles. You're, you're marching. Band. <laughs> so I started marching and playing outside and, I'm marching up and down the paved road near my house, like the Ozarks and playing my tunes. I think people thought I was crazy or something. And, uh, <laughs> but I was hard to play, you know, an hour and a half a day as it came up towards the parade. So I, again, so I, I, cause I was nervous. I don't want to be that guy yep. that, that got knocked out of this. I, it, it was, it was, I was pretty, pretty, uh, excited about that. I, I felt good as a, as a big completion of a goal, you know? Got to the end of that parade, and I'm like, yes, got that. Yeah. You know? And uh, so that was, the, the preparation was was tough, and I, I worked so hard. I know everybody else did, too. I know I got pictures on the Facebook of TJ marching in six inches of snow in Wisconsin before he left for the, for the parade. <laughs> TJ, you can touch on that. Yeah, so uh, shape-wise, I wasn't super worried about, like, whether my legs would hold up for the parade. The marching and playing together, because – for those that haven't done it in a while, it takes a lot more air when you're playing and, and marching the, the distance. So that was one thing. Uh, again, they gave us the practice track. They gave us the music for the first time in June, I believe. And then we got the practice track uh, September or October, somewhere there, yeah. is when then we got the, the practice track where they had it. So it did 76 trombones a couple times, then cadence, and then it rotated through Stars and Stripes, cadence, strike at the band, cadence. And then back to 76 trombones and it repeated uh, two times through that cycle. And so that whole cycle is about 26 minutes of what they had uh, through the cycle. So I, I did that. So I did it, was doing it a couple times. Um, and I was worried about just whether we were going to be holding it at carry or, or up the whole time being a baritone, uh, marching baritone. And luckily, they uh they were like okay after we get through tv quarter we can go down to trail so we put it down at our sides so that was much appreciated but endurance wise um i wasn't super worried just uh making sure that i could play and march the entire way and then like my dad said uh when i was out visiting my in-laws in wisconsin before i flew out there um i was marching including uh there was six inches of snow and i was marching the, the first couple of days was fine, uh, but the day before I flew out, uh, the temperature was a little bit lower. Uh, temperature was right about 20, and after the first mile, my uh, valves were sticking. I was like, okay, that's a sign that I'm done for the day. So I uh, I called it a day that day, but the other days, uh, the temperature was closer to 30. Yeah, I don't think anything prepared me for having to play 76 trombones for like 30 minutes in a row and only having your horns down for about four counts in between each time. And uh, that was the one song where we had to keep our horns up pretty much the whole time. Um, and we had two phases for our, for the parade. And that first one was 76 trombones for, I think, pretty pretty close to 30 minutes of, of straight music. And then the second phase, we went into playing Stars and Stripes Forever, Strike Up the Band, and um, 76 trombones again. But uh, I definitely longed for the times that we played Stars and Stripes Forever because I could actually put my horn to my side and get my arms a rest. Um, I think I'd speak for all of us whenever I say that, uh, that it was 
Stars and Stripes Forever was definitely look a song we looked forward to because we could put our horns down for a second <laughs> and give our arms a break. That parade is is more I, more taxing on my arms, I think, than it was on my on my face or my or my legs at that point in time. So sounds like you all had a really great experience with it. Uh, who, who would you recommend uh, that should look into doing this? What what type of director? What type of person should should look into this? Everybody. I don't, I don't necessarily think there's like, that there's any specific, like, like Tom said, he's 62 years old. He, he got out there and did it. I mean, we had, we had directors that were almost seven feet tall. We had directors that were almost five foot four and in, in all different kinds of shapes and sizes and anything. I don't, I don't necessarily think that there was any specific kind of director or person, like most, most band directors, I think, I think deep down every, every band director would love to march in this parade. Um, and I, I think they're, they, at least talk is wanting to do it potentially again in the future. I think they mentioned, um, yeah. I think every four years is the limit as to how, how many times or how frequently you could go. I think there's a four year block on that, but, uh, you know, if, if it comes back around again, I, I think every band director should at least apply to, to have a chance to march in it. Just to piggyback right. off of what Tyler and TJ said, like, I, I think everybody should do it as, as a profession. We're always trying to get better at what we're doing or at least we hope we are. Um, so you just have to step outside of your comfort zone and just go for it. Like I, I can't express that enough. Like I've traveled to Texas, Indiana, um, Ohio, like all over just to get professional development and learn from different people. And this is a chance where you're in one place to learn from 300 other band directors. Like we don't get this very often, like Midwest kind of, MMEA kind of, but like to sit down next to people, I sat down from people from Alabama, Las Vegas, Nevada, like um, I actually sat down to people from just across the river in Illinois, like you just, you have to step outside of your comfort zone and just go for it. And for me, I see it as an investment in myself as a teacher. Like, yes, was it super cheap to do it? Absolutely not. But I invested in myself because I wanted my kids to be able to share this experience with me. So I think that's important when you think about that's it. That's probably something a lot of people, you know, you, you, we, we've been talking a lot about the parade itself and the rehearsal and everything else, but there's a ton of downtime and there's times where you're just sitting there with 300 other band directors that care enough about what they do that they would fly across the country, whatever, to do this thing. So yeah, I would imagine there's a ton of networking and resources available uh, from that experience. As a teacher, uh, we get to teach a lot, you know, we don't always get to do what we teach. And this was a chance where we just do what we teach, you know, and uh, and the networking, even stand there, we're standing in the lineup, you know, and uh, waiting for them to make a decision about what we're doing next or or waiting for the next rep and and. The, the person standing next to you, you're chatting with him about, well, how, you know, beginning band, what, you know, you have your flute players with the rest of the band or are they by themselves? Just, you know, it's constant networking. It was fantastic. And for the most part, other really good teachers, because these were people that were go-getters, you know, these were the people that were willing to jump, like, like uh, Angelique said, jump out of their box and do the thing, you know? So it was, it was an amazing experience. And that, and then the other thing that I'll always remember about this is just playing in that good a band. I went to a small high school and went to a small college, you know, so playing in a, in a phenomenal 300 piece band is not something I've done before. That was, 
Woo. That was something else, you know. The thing I'd like to add is uh, one of the things that, if you noticed on our flow, they were honoring uh, several uh, band directors. So they had uh, Jim Swearingen uh, was uh, there, and he was available to talk to the whole time. Um, Albert Watkins from Lassiter was there, um, and uh, he did a uh, continuing education uh, session on uh, Friday evening. Uh, but he was available to talk to. Uh, they also, uh, when we were there for our judging of the float, uh, Frank DeKelly came and said hi to our group, and a couple people got to say hi to him. And then one other uh, unique person, as we were marching down the uh, down the parade route on Colorado Boulevard, all of a sudden uh, we hear "Go band directors!" and uh, a guy points at our row, and the guy, the band director that was next to us, he was like, "You know who that was, right?" And my dad and we were like, "No." He was like, "That was Eric Whitaker." Yeah, the guy next to me knew him, so he was point. He was giving us a shout out, particularly to our row, because he knew the guy next to me. So it was yeah, right. yeah. Eric Whitaker just called us out. Yeah, thank <laughs> you. So that's cool. That's really cool. What was the cost to do all this? For the ac actual package, um, it was just over two thousand. But then you also had to pay for your flight. And did some uniform things, you know, white shirts and stuff like that. So yeah, it was it was we. Part of our money that we paid for it went to pay for the building of the float. Um, so that way it didn't come out of foundation money that people had donated to help out bands and stuff. You know, we ended up kind of saddling that bird for like our our uh, family that went along, like uh, my wife and TJ's mom went along. And, and uh, it was, you know, it was just over a thousand for her, again, plus plane fare and stuff. But um, it was an extra 1500 or so for us because we were helping build the float. Which I'm okay with that, you know. I mean, I I don't want that to come out of somebody's, you know, raised money somewhere. I'll, I'll shoulder that burden. That's cool. I'm I'm with that. And uh, and that was a good investment. The float was cool. It was fine, you know. So, uh, interesting note about the float. Uh, I was told by somebody that uh, the guy who does Funky Winker Bean, um, Tom Baddock, um, designed the it was his design for the faces of the uh, people on the float. I don't know if that's true or not, but I know he was out there and um, his uh cartoons for the last two or three weeks have been about this band director's band you know and uh about harry l dinkle going to march the rose bowl parade you know and stuff right. like that that was kind of a cool side note so even even he caught got caught up in this whole thing and was pretty excited about it so uh how many days was it including travel well let's see it was interesting. We, we were there five days um we stayed an extra day we stayed and came back on the second i think angelique did too and uh we um so TJ, I think it came back the night of the first, but, um, we, um, I, if I had to do it again, which I hope if, if they do this again in four years, I am, I am on this like white on rice, you know, and, uh, hope to have all four of us band directors in my family there next time. Maybe we'll, that's, that's a dream of me. If we, if we do this, but, um, I would, I didn't know it was an option to go out a day or two ahead of time and hang out there. And that, that some people had done that. I'm like, oh man, I would, I would have done that. And we thought, well, we'll stay the extra day and we'll get some time. But, you know, you get up Sunday morning, you got to get packed and you got to get to your flight. So we didn't have any free time Sunday, but we did have time Saturday afternoon. And uh, TJ and us hung out. We went to Cheesecake Factory and celebrated, you know, and stuff like that. So so at least Saturday afternoon was kind of fun. He left that night then and we stayed. But uh, that, if I have if I have to do over again, I'll go out earlier and stay later, I think, you know. But it was, uh, it was four or five day commitment. And you could have done it in a day less, I think. But uh, I'm glad we took as much as we did time for it it was great so 
Yeah, I'll, I'll say I, I had family out in California on my dad's side of the family. So I actually went out and we got there on Christmas night. We left Christmas day um, wow. and flew out there and, and, and drove down from Northern California through the mountains to get down there. And then I actually had two days extra on the end of my stay because uh, Southwest canceled my flights <laughs> um, home on Sunday. So uh, they, they added two days to, to our stay in, uh, in California. And like I told my principal when I called him, I was like, California is a wonderful state, except for when you want to be home. Because at that point in time, I was ready to be home and get back to work um, so I could share this experience with, with my students and the other educators in my building and everything. Um, but my, my stay was about ten, uh, nine days, I think, with uh, flying out on Christmas Day and coming home two days later than I should have. We were flying for, out of Columbia, and um, we flew to um, uh, Dallas-Fort Worth, and then we were supposed to fly from there out to uh, L.A., and so our Dallas Fort Worth plane, we noticed a couple people with uh band directors band shirts on, uh, like us. And we're like, Hey, you going to the band directors band, you know? So we had already hooked up and, and, uh, we got on the plane. I thought, I bet there's a ton of us out here. I bet there's, you know, a dozen of us that are going out just for this band. People are coming in. What the one lady was from Virginia another lady, another guy was from South somewhere, Texas or somewhere or from uh, Florida somewhere. And, uh, so we got there, we we're almost out there and they were like, yeah, so about that landing at Burbank thing, yeah, that ain't gonna happen. You're gonna, we're gonna come into Ontario because the weather's bad at Burbank, and so you know we'll look that up. And that's an extra hour in an Uber to get over to the hotel. But the, oh, it's doable, you know. But then we start looking at the price of an Uber for the extra hours. Like, wow, that's a lot more money, you know. And uh, so I said, I said to my wife, like, I bet there's you know a bunch of us on this plane. They're gonna, we're gonna make the same trip. Maybe we should get together and share Ubers. So like they're starting to unload, and I, I stand up like so. Anybody else in here involved in this band director's band's hands going up around the plane? So, okay, let's meet at the luggage carousel. <laughs> we'll, we'll divvy up and, and share Ubers. Everybody's like, oh, yeah, good thing. So, Mark, that was a travel snap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Take the lead. That's awesome. <laughs> what we do, you know? <laughs> That's right. That's right. So I, I flew out uh, Tuesday and my only goal was before we did our band director stuff as I wanted to go to the beach because I had never been to California. So I got to go to Malibu on Tuesday and spend the afternoon there. I rented a car and drove up the shore and then went down to the beach and did all that. And that was, it was a nice relaxing way before going to work. So that was that was my fun of just like, and my flights luckily were decent. So luckily my airplane wasn't as bad as some of you all, but um, <laughs> we made it there and back. I think it's super fun because a lot of times you hear how we talk about in the music world, how it's a very small world. Um, after we got done with the Rose Bowl parade, I found out the mellophone player that I marched with that was on my left side. He's actually the guy that's like, so I student taught with Andy Meserly at Francis House Central. And then my neighbor, his name's Dave. I forget his last name because I'll pronounce it wrong. But he is who Andy student taught with. So we found out like after the what? parade that we all had this connection together of like, you know, student, teacher, student, teacher. Like it was, it was super unique to to be able to, I actually saw Dave the day we left and I was like, I didn't know you student, like, I didn't know Andy student talk with you. So it was super neat to like make this connection with him. And like, we had talked about all sorts of things. Cause I knew he was from Illinois. He teaches in the Chicago suburbs. So I got to, I get to talk to him about Chicago and, 
you know, education just across the river. So it was super fun. Can we also talk about how there is an epic picture of Tyler playing, giving a thumbs up down the street? Like it's super epic and awesome because he made it on the TV with that. And I just got to say, we have to love that picture forever. Cause I thought it was super, super. I've not awesome. seen this picture. That's on KTLA. That's on the yeah. KTLA feed. Donovan, I'll have to, I'll have to show that to you. So funny story about yeah. that. I, I give my parents a thumbs up every time I'd see them in a braid route. And I was like, out of the corner of my eye, like I knew I was on TV. So I was like, trying not to like turn my head or anything. So out of the corner of my eye, I saw my dad and my mom stand up. So I like gave him a thumbs up. Like let them know that I saw them. I do it every time I see them in a parade. And I was just acknowledging that I saw them. And uh, yep, that just so happened to be when the camera was like only literally only me on the TV screen. And they caught my thumbs up. And uh, I was on the, on the bus. even said something about it. Yes, the commentator's like, look at him giving a thumbs up while he's playing the trumpet. That's so cool. And uh, I, on the bus, on my bus, on the way home or on the way back to the hotel, someone was like, who's the thumbs up guy? Does anyone know who the thumbs up guy was? And I was like, that was me. <laughs> so, so yes, I got a I got a close up of me giving a thumbs up on the TV. Thanks for listening to the Mo Better Bands podcast. If you have something to share, click the links in the show notes of your podcast app and leave us a message, or email me directly at Donovan at SpringfieldMusic.com. That's D O N O V A N at SpringfieldMusic.com. If you'd like to be a guest, like to recommend a guest or a topic, shoot me a line. Thanks again for listening.